Welcome back to Under Pressure, your favorite business building podcast for the pressure washing community. Today, we are very excited to have on Victoria Aran of Reciprocity 5, who is here to share uh, how you can use her service to help you focus on what you do best. Um, Victoria is an expert in this, and I had the pleasure of hearing her speak in Orlando at the IWCA PWNA event, and I'm very happy to hear, have you on today to you know share a little bit of that presentation, which funnily enough, like this presentation was fantastic. I was taking copious notes, and in the middle of the presentation, the fire alarm went off, and we all had to evacuate the building and the, the, the room we were in. And I felt terrible because you were given a great presentation, but I remember <laughs> saying to you after, please, please come on the podcast so that we can talk about this because I think this is great information to get to our audience. Aw, thank you, Jake. That was a really <laughs> great in introduction. Yeah, when the fire alarm went off, I was like dropping some straight fire, like the, yeah. the, the whole building knew about it. Um, and there's a lot of things I can talk about. So just curious, like... It was a while ago. Was there anything that like stuck with you that you can remember or is it yeah. just, okay. So absolutely. So I have a lot of notes. We'll get into it today, but just for okay. the audience to know why to yeah. keep listening to this podcast, because when I, when, when I went to talk to Victoria, uh, one thing she said was, oh, did I get too into the statistics and the numbers and all that? Did I get too into the weeds? And I said, no, that's, that's perfect. I loved it. And that's why we're having her on today to not just talk about the ethereal, the abstract in, in generalizations. We're going to talk about, you know, I'd, I'd say marketing and sales and mm -hmm. putting that on autopilot, but we're going to talk about today, the concrete aspects of it. All right, here's where you take action. And so that's what I was hoping to get to from your, from your presentation. Yeah, for sure. I think it's really important to, to focus on the things that are actionable instead of just like, because obviously a lot of marketing and sales is mindset, but when it comes to actually implementing, there's a lot of little factors that people don't remember or even know about that are important to know. Um, and the one thing I do like to, to kind of set the stage with is the four pillars of what you need in order to be to increase your chances and likelihood of success with something like this or in general just in in the home industry space mm -hmm. so the four things are marketing because without good marketing nobody knows you exist sales because without a good sales process you cannot communicate the value you bring into the marketplace branding because with good branding you can cut through the noise when mm -hmm. this these types of industries are they're getting noisier and noisier every single day and um and systems so the automations the integrations the crms the communications all of those things you need all four of those to be working in tandem with each other to make any sort of marketing work and i think contrary to popular belief a lot of people, especially in the home service industry, have been relying for so long on simple, outdated marketing tactics that just focus on one sector instead of looking at it as a whole piece of the pie. Because everybody knows there's never just one leg to a table, right? When you make a turkey for Thanksgiving, you don't put it on a two-leg table. You put it on a four-leg table. <laughs> so yeah. one cannot flourish without the other. And I think that's a huge piece of what's missing in this industry so far, if that makes sense so far. Absolutely. So for anyone in the audience who doesn't know you or, or hasn't heard about Reciprocity 5 yet, before we get into the, into the weeds here, could you give us a little bit of you know, your background, how you got into this space, and then a little bit about Reciprocity 5 and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So 
quick elevator pitch on who we are, what we do. In 2019, I actually switched from being a sustainability major to wanting to really make a huge impact in some industry. I didn't really know which one it was going to be at the time, but I knew I needed to make a big impact in real business. There's a lot of people out there, Jake, that sell the idea of things. They sell coaching, they sell products mm -hmm. online, but I wanted to have a real business that helped real people. And so honestly, the hardest route, I also told myself, I don't want to sell a product online because that's e-commerce and that's just creating more waste. I don't want to, you know, which is fine, but I, and I didn't want to do a whole bunch of other things that were these get, get rich quick schemes. So I said, what's the hardest thing I can do? Okay. Well, sell, selling services to people selling services is probably one of the hardest things you can do. <laughs> Yeah. So why don't I, if I can do that, I can do anything. So I actually started reaching out to people and saying, Hey, do you need help with your marketing? This started off with like a lead model. So we're going to bring you leads, uh, you know, for your business, your home service business. And then from there, you're going to close them. We're going to help you streamline that close process. And then you're going to book them and grow your business. But little did we know there's a lot more involved and a lot more big problems that people are facing rather than just marketing. So, I worked with my friend Ricky uh, Schroeder with Virtuous Window Cleaning out of Arizona. Small window cleaning business, just getting off the ground, had been in it for eight years now, but just never could get the traction to actually grow. And really, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that, that was pretty much it. So he took me and he's like, yes, I believe in you. We used to work in a restaurant together. Why don't we work together? So I think I gave he gave me like $500 and I got him like two or $3,000 worth of work. And I didn't really know what I was doing at the time but we saw that something was working we just kept leaning on that and so i saw i was like okay window cleaning i've never he was a window cleaner so i didn't really know what to do there uh or what that was and i knew that like it's very niche niche market so i was like well i know the fastest way to get from a to b is to focus on one thing and get really good at it so why don't i already just keep building off of what i know works and then from there, I just started Mark. I started reaching out to more window cleaning business owners. I got lists of people, started cold calling them, all that stuff. And then eventually I had a list of like 10 or 12 people that I was just running ads for and funneling that into a software that we have now uh, to help track everything. And since then, it's I mean, it's been like two, two and a half years now. And I just we have so much data built up about like what works and what doesn't. I alone have spent at least $80,000 of my own money just figuring out testing what works and what doesn't and wow. just because just and this is not to impress you but to express to you where our focus is yeah. <laughs> right our focus is let's let's solve every problem that comes up be the best of what we're going to do because i'm not looking to be just like another option on the marketplace i want to solve real problems yeah right so that's kind of where we came from and why i'm doing this now I see that. And speaking of impressed, you said not to just impress me, but I was already impressed hearing hearing your presentation uh, because this is something I, I wanted to get. We'll get into this right away, which is the the way you lay, lay it out as an exact framework as well when you're presenting this. You you clearly show that, that you understand what works and how to get there for this specific industry, for these pressure washers and window cleaners as well. Yeah. Um, with just a whole framework and I can see that you're testing and stuff like that. So let's get into it. Let's get into yeah. it so people know what we're talking about. Uh, you can share the presentation. Victoria yeah. has a great presentation here for everyone to follow along. And if you're listening, I highly recommend you going over to our YouTube page, which is Under Pressure Podcast on YouTube. Um, 
and you'll be able to see this as well as hear it. But if you're not, uh, if you're not viewing it now, we'll we'll give as much description as possible so that you uh, you don't miss out too much. Yes, I love that. I love that you like my presentation so much and that it was really impactful. My goal going into that that was how do I impact at least one person on you know in this room so that they leave with their life changed or with a really really good understanding of what else there is out there. Yeah. Um, is can you see? Are you seeing my screen? Are you seeing that box like I was telling you about before, or is it just the screen? I'm not seeing your screen just yet. Oh, okay. Let me get out of here. All right, and as Victoria opens this up, um, we're going to be talking about some of the the marketing fundamentals, what you need to do for this to work, what makes any successful business, um, and how to get residential work consistently. Um, Victoria has a case study ad on there um, and some great examples of, of what you need to do. So here we go. Here's the presentation. Yeah, so exactly. If you can see this, this is going to be really the juice, like the guts of what we have found. And it's not just, and you can see this, right? You can see this. And then yes. the, the little box there, you, you can't see that, right? We're good to go. Okay, perfect. So it's going to be the juice of what is needed in order to be successful or increase your chances. Typically, when uh, before we implement something like this, because we have a full system in place that we just continue to we give to, to our, our partners. But in order for something to for this to work, we really do have to work pretty hand in hand with the company, with the business. And that means we can't work with everybody. So we can't ever be the biggest or the largest uh, growth partner, but we can always be the best. And so because that is the frame of where we come into the marketplace, the stuff I'm going to be sharing today is not only going to be stuff that you can't really find anywhere else, but it's also stuff that you would have to pay somebody a couple thousand dollars probably to figure out. And I'm just going to give it to you because we've grown so much and we've been able to share in that success in this industry. So there's really no reason why we shouldn't be able to share it with more people. But I will say it does take a lot of hard work and dedication and you have to be willing to put in the work in the, something like this. You can't just be will, you can't just be like, I'm going to throw one hundred dollars to an ad and see if it sticks. Right. <laughs> you have to be like both feet in the both feet in the boat and ready to ready to dive in. So if well, that makes you. sense, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you for sharing this today. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so with something like this, the, as far as my presentation goes, this is really how we've been able to turn specific investments into a quarter of a million. So typically anywhere between a $10,000 investment to a $15,000 investment will get you a quarter of a million worth of work, which if you do the math is a pretty in very, very great uh, return on investment. But keep in mind that these are not short term clients. These are not people who you're not you're going to see only once. And a really big part of this industry is returning and repeat customers. So mm -hmm. if you have if you know your business model is one that you can continue to engage those customers, then you have to look at your marketing dollars in terms of what impact is this going to have on my business, not only tomorrow, but in years to come. This is what we call the customer lifetime value. Have you heard of that, Jake? Yes. Okay, cool. And I don't think I met, really talked about it much during my presentation, but uh, to clarify these numbers here, this is $250,000 in client <laughs> lifetime value. So this is mm -hmm. not $250,000 by from bringing in one new customer because that's that's not how that's not how you that's not how you measure the results uh, or the 
the how well a marketing campaign is working. You have to measure it based off what impact is this these dollars going to have on my business. And again, if you have a recurring business model, you have to take in consideration what that's going to mean, because if you have a customer, right, who uh, you see them once, well, they you're most likely going to see them again, especially if you have a really good first impression with them. And two, that person is going to be a walking billboard for your company. So they're going to bring in even more business. And if you don't take that into consideration, it could be really detrimental to your business and you might grow too quickly or you might not grow enough. <laughs> right. Yes. So and we love yeah. talking about we love talking about knowing your numbers on this podcast so that you can make data driven decisions, mm. because it is it is so important to know what is all right. What is my client acquisition cost? And then what does that actually equal in return on investment over time so that I, I know what's actually the most effective? Because, yeah, you're right. If you're just looking on, all right, what's the short term this year? What am I getting out of this? Uh, you might not have a clear view of, of your efforts and, and what you're what you're putting in and getting out of it. Definitely. And this is not to say this like the customer lifetime value is not to make up for a underperforming campaign. Like I do want to be clear with that. Uh, some marketers will tell you, oh, well, you're, you know, your, your customer lifetime value, if it's $3,000, meaning your cus each customer is worth $3,000 to your business, then it's okay for me to charge you out the wazoo for leads that may or may not see you again. So yeah. it's not to make up for that, but it is very important to take it into consideration, especially if you have a recurring business model where those customers can continue coming back. And it is really the only way to look at the effectiveness of a marketing campaign because there's really two different things there's two different types of customers there's the ones that only picked you because you were convenient and cheap and you were just there and you're probably not going to see them again and there's probably no customer you know uh loyalty and then there's the customers that are what we call the dream clients who they love your work they know who you are they recognize your branding and they want to just share your work with the world and they want to see you two two three times a year and so this specific marketing campaign focuses on not only acquiring them but how do you keep them coming back using upsell tactics using long you know long-term communications in the front end and in the back end um, and knowing your numbers as far as what that look what that means for your business so we'll definitely go over the numbers too which is exciting yeah let's do it and uh, so, I mean, most people that know who we are, they know that we're partners with the IWCA. Uh, but I do want to just address the elephant in the room. <laughs> I think this is how, kind of how I phrase it, too, in my presentation. And um, the elephant in the room. Oh, and Pana, it, we're actually in talks with right now, too. The elephant in the room is that uh, there really is a lot of noise out there about what does work and what doesn't work when it comes to social media advertising. You get a lot of gurus out there, people who are saying, oh, you can do this, you can do that, it's gonna work. Uh, but in reality, they really don't know. And what they're doing is they're gonna ask you to for your money so that they can test with it. So they can figure out what that looks like. Um, and so typically when I tell people that we do specialize in Facebook and Instagram marketing because those are two really big platforms that we focus on, their immediate thing is, okay, so how much is this going to cost me? Is this going to actually work? And they, all of the, all of the gunk that's come up from things that they've heard. I don't know if any, Jake, has anybody ever shared anything with you about like their thoughts with Facebook and Instagram marketing in the home service industry specifically? Yes. We, we have had a few episodes about it. Okay. And 
what's the general consensus? Do they think it works? I mean, some people know that there's money to be made, but they're just like, I, it's like they're throwing money to like a furnace and they're like, I just threw it out there and I hoped it stick stuck. So it, it, we have had some experts on, uh, I don't know about this show specifically, maybe our inspection pro podcast show, which uh, does the same thing in the home inspection industry. But um, the consensus seems to be that, that you need to be marketing. Um, whether or not you think it's throwing money into a furnace, you need to be present. Got it, got it. Yeah, it's important to be in front of your customers so that they can actually, because they might not book, you know, it might not book the first time, but the second or third time, once they've kind of seen your name, felt that recognition, that's usually when the real uh, um, momentum starts building. Uh, but as most people know, we are official partners of the IWCA. Um, I can just some quick facts about me. I can squeegee a window in less than three minutes, which is exciting. <laughs> um, uh, we've been featured on very well-known podcasts, uh, such as Fight Club for Business and the Into the Flow uh, podcast with, um, with actually one of our partners, Gabe Gutierrez, very well-known in the space. He uh, helps, he kind of heads that podcast and he helps other window pressure washers, exterior cleaners, learn how to uh, like effectively run their businesses. Partnered with four national franchises as official growth partners. Last year, we were actually able to turn a 13K investment into a quarter of a million in client revenue in less than six months. And then wow. we also partnered with over 50 plus window and exterior cleaners from all over the nation just last year. So it's not, the, it's not our first rodeo, uh, but um, Again, many people, they are listening right now because we speak about Facebook ads and maybe they've tried it in the past. Maybe it didn't work or maybe it didn't work at all. Uh, it didn't work. It worked a little bit or maybe it didn't work at all. And that's why they're here listening to this. And so um, if you love the idea or you kind of hate the idea, uh, but you know, there's at least a potential cheat code in there that you can crack that'll bring you more business. Uh, that's what I want to focus on today because we've been able to kind of tune into what that cheat code is. And, um, obviously we're not here right now because Jake knocked on my door and said, Hey, Victoria, I want you on a podcast. We're here right now because we were able to communicate online or through text message. I was able to look into the podcast, everything, the presence is online now. So it just goes to show, and everybody watching this is probably going to find it based off from a Facebook group or something like that. <laughs> right. So, yeah, uh, it's definitely the new age and it's not from getting, you know, a, a letter in the mail or something, you know, oh, crazy yeah. like that. Well, you can't overstate the importance of knowing where your audience or your clients are. You have to know where these people hang out. So you know where to throw your money at. Um, if, if you are doing ads on Twitter, but no one in your market that you're looking to uh, to do services for is on Twitter. You're you're not doing anything that's going to bring you value. You're not going to get any return on investment. So you have to know. All right, not only just Facebook generally, but maybe the specific area, these people, who to target. You do have to know where are my clients hanging out. Exactly, and you have to be able to find them. So knowing where they are, they are, and be able to find them. Whereas most marketing is focused on how do we become so easily found? How do we make it so it's super easy for people to find us? So when you're talking about this type of marketing, uh, it's more of like the underneath the, the surface level of the water. If there's an iceberg, it's underneath the surface. It's we're gonna find, we're gonna go fishing for those people instead of just putting a net out and hoping that people fall into it. Yeah. 
right? And I, I think that that might fall under push versus pull marketing, where mm. all right, if we're if we're not just trying to pull people into a beautiful website and we're trying to push push this information out to customers and we want to give them valuable information so that they are feel trusted and and they want to sign up with us for a service, uh, you you need to you know figure out where to push that to to make it effective. <laughs> It's very true. It's very true. Um, and I'm definitely going to get into that too. So thank you yeah. for bringing that up. I'm going to go into how you actually go about finding those people. Um, but typically, uh, the question I like to ask is, you know, people listening right now, how many of you are actually paying lots of money for marketing right now? You know, and then think there's going to be probably the most people on this podcast are, are if they actually have a business are probably spending lots of money on marketing, right? Um, if they're not relying on referrals and word of mouth, then the next tier is how many people are actually spending money on Facebook and Instagram ads, right? Which is going to be a smaller portion and an even smaller portion of that is how many of you are actually seeing a profit, right? And, uh, from this type of marketing, typically it's going to be very even smaller little chunk. And from there, uh, some of them are just not going to be able to figure it out and it's costing them money. And this is hard earned money where basically they're just, if you have a hundred dollar bill in your hand, you're setting it on fire. And this is what happens every single day in this industry because it, 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 there's no guidance. It's, it's hard to navigate. People are looking for like a straight A or B answer, uh, black or white. And the biggest revelation, uh, before, you know, before we get into like the real details is that there really is no right or wrong. I mean, there's a right or wrong, but there's no like black and white. Here's exactly yeah. how you do it. <laughs> I, love it. You know, it, it I was having this conversation with a marketer early today who said we were talking about the same thing. It's not binary. There is a spectrum. I mean, and that's why you talk about doing research. Uh, that's just iteration. I mean, Victoria has done this herself to kind of figure it out for you. So I'm excited to get to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if it doesn't seem right, if you feel like you're throwing your money away, basically, you know, just know that the, it's not the end of the world. There's if there's always two sides to every coin. There's always a way out there. The framework for today is that although it's really hard to to spend to spend that money correctly, the good news is, is that I am going to give you the exact framework and exactly what you need to make the change for your business here now today. Um, and we're going to look at what that looks like and all of the little details that go into it. So, uh, I, I kind of go into my presentation about the different things that might be familiar, uh, but I'm just going to fast track here a bit. I'm basically just stating that a couple of key factors, right? We all know commercial is consistent, but it does take forever to pay up. We also all know that residential is very, uh, inconsistent, but it does pay the bills and it is more profitable at the end of the day. It's hard to keep it. It's hard to stay busy when you're focusing residential during the slow times. Typically, if you're relying on um, a different type of marketing, like uh, Jake, you said push versus pull. There's two different types, uh, so it depends on what you're relying on. And then on top of that, brick and mortars they really did fall away. A, a lot of them started pivoting towards a different model of business when the pandemic hit. So now we're focusing on how do we people are living at homes. How do we get, get people who are just sitting at home? doing minding their own business um, because it's really important not to just focus on one sector. Um, and most people, when they're building these businesses, they're just wearing too many hats. So if it feels like they're wearing too many hats, it's because they're focusing on three, three, three or four things, marketing, sales, systems, branding. 
I hear, have here marketing, sales, and fulfillment, right? And um, these are all things that are going to come into play. What most exterior cleaners are good at are is the fulfillment, making sure they have the right equipment, all of that stuff. But trying to do the marketing themselves or trying to do the sales themselves, typically it's actually costs them money, not in sort of like a time, not in just money, like actual money, but in time. A lot of people will say, okay, well, money is time, but that's, I, I mean, in a way that's actually not true because if Jake, I came to you and I said, okay, so uh, if I gave you $500,000 right now, but you died a minute later, would you want to do that? You would tell me, of course not, Victoria. Why would I ever want a $500,000 yeah. and then die? No, right? thank you. Exactly, exactly. But contrary to that, you know, if I said, okay, um, I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some money, but you know, I'm going to, or I'm going to give you more time to accumulate that money. It's going to be a lot different of a story because it, it doesn't matter how much money you have because time is ultimately the most finite resource that we have. And so the yeah. more that you're able to take back your time, the better of a chance you're going to be, have to actually get ahead in life because it's not mm -hmm. sale. Money can always be remade. Money, uh, time can never be <laughs> remade. Like you yeah, can't, can't buy back time. Absolutely. So, I love that you talk about that trade-off because one of my, my favorite business books that I recently read was E-Myth, where it talks about how, you know, anyone in this audience who hasn't read the book, go check it out. E-Myth is, is fantastic. But e Yeah, E-Myth. Um, I, I, I have it up behind me somewhere. But fantastic book where one of the most important things I learned from this book um, is that a lot of contractors get into the, this business because they love what they're doing. You're a technician and that's why you get into the business because you love the technical aspect of it. You clean, clean, clean some windows, love the work, and you got into the window cleaning business. You did some pressure washing, you loved it, you got into the pressure washing business. You are not, you might not be a marketing and sales expert, but now you're running a business where you have to be a marketing sales marketing and sales expert if you're wearing all the hats. So that's why it's so important that, that you realize, hey, I can focus on what I'm good at and I don't have to do everything that takes away from that. I can find someone like Reciprocity 5 and Victoria here who can help me focus on what I do best. So I, that's why I read that book. I love that book. E-Myth is fantastic for anyone in the audience who wants to learn how to you know, take their business to the next level as an entrepreneur where, where you're worried about some aspects of the business that you're not an expert at. This is not new. A lot of people have dealt with this and this is a fantastic book to help you tackle that. Mm. I like that. I wrote that one down, so I'm gonna have to read that one. I have like four books, though. I still have to get through, so I'll probably be fit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad uh, I could introduce you to that one because that's a good one. Oh, yeah. and if anyone's interested in this book re related to home services, our most popular Inspection Pro episode was directly about this book. So you can go find that um, E-Myth featuring uh, Sean Roseback on on Inspection Pros, our other podcast. Ooh. I love it. If you don't want to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is the customer journey of the buying process. Have you heard of this, Jake? Yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. So to sum all of this up, this is the model that you have to have in order to be successful. You have to understand it as the 
value of your services go up as you climb the stairs, right? Let's say you have an introductory pricing of, let's say window cleaning. Window cleaning is typically a little bit lower ticket than other services. So let's just say we're talking about window cleaning. That's gonna be at the bottom of the stairs. As you work your way up the ladder, you're building trust with your customers so that they're willing to pay, spend more and more money with your business. Because at the end of the day, people are going to buy from people because that trust is built and they love the story behind your business. They love what you represent. It's not like you would never spend hundreds of hundreds of dollars with somebody you never interacted with, knew about anything, you didn't do any research on them or anything like that. So most successful businesses make their money on the back end, which for example, in the exterior cleaning space can look something like, okay, I'm gonna get an exterior, I'm gonna get a window cleaning lead, get them in the door, and then I'm gonna ask them questions like, have you ever considered getting your house washed before? Or when do you plan on getting, you know, your windows clean next and planting those seeds to upsell them into either a reoccurring schedule, a maintenance on autopilot prog program, if you will, or something along the lines of, uh, you know, more expensive services that typically go around like soft washing, pressure washing, things that are typically a little bit higher ticket. Um, so that's one business model. Another business model that you can focus on is getting people in the door with house washing, pressure washing, soft washing, things like that, that you can do really quickly for a lot of money. And then you just upsell them on the smaller pieces of the puzzle. So we're already here. You're already spending four or $500. Why don't we go ahead and just do the windows as well? And that is the model that we're currently focusing on. We started off with marketing just window cleaning and then upselling from there. But there's a lot of different ways you can do this. Lots of different businesses in the game as well. So we do pivot this strategy depending on where the business is at, if that makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> and you have to think about that when you're coming up with your marketing plan too, because you don't just want to offer any service. You want to choose the one that's not only in demand in that time, but also think about do I want to find less customers that are more qualified with higher ticket services and upsell them? Or am I in shortage and do I need to get volume, get in front of a whole bunch of customers, build up my reputation, my portfolio, my word of mouth, my referrals, and then move into the second model. Um, and I'll go into that too and what that looks like as well. I love it. All right, so cold traffic versus warm. You might've remembered this, but it's basically what I call the browsers to buyers method. So when you're scrolling on, let's say Instagram, Facebook, or any sort of social media, typically you're just gonna get a bunch of browsers or people looking at pictures of cats, right? Like you're not gonna get people who have the intent of buying. Mm -hmm. With that said, this is what we call cold traffic audience. And imagine your car driving down the road, you see a sign, you weren't looking for a sign, you weren't looking to buy from a lawyer or an injury person or whatever the case may be. Those are typically the signs I see, you know, um, I think I actually mentioned in my talk the other day, there was a sign that says your wife is hot on the side of the, the road. And I, I see it every time. I'm like that's such good marketing because it's for an air conditioning installation company. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it's so, so good. I'm like, oh, it's so great. So that's cold traffic. I wasn't looking for it. There it is. And I want to get them to enter into the marketplace. I want the window shoppers to become actual store shoppers. But in order for this to happen, you have to become a clerk, not a cashier. This is what I like to, to call it because a clerk is somebody who helps identify exactly what you need and show you what's possible or what you provide. It's not somebody who is at the checkout line 
ready to go, they know what they want, and you're just booking them. And this is why I run into so many people who say, oh, I have a 70, 80% conversion rate, we're really good with sales, everybody gets on the phone with us, is ready to go. Well, that's great, but where are these people coming from? They're most likely coming from places like Google, like Google My Business, places where there's warm traffic and that search intent is there, which means those people are already halfway down the buying customer journey of the buying process. They're already, they've already seen your work. They've already done the work. They know what they want and they want to buy it. So they're at the checkout line ready to cash out. The cashier doesn't have a conversion rate. The cashier's conversion rate is like 100%, <laughs> right? Like it's really easy to sell somebody if they're already sold on the product, if they've already identified that. So that's why it's important for people who are marketing on these platforms to realize the difference in psychology psychology of where these people are at in that buying journey and why would you yeah why, why would you not leverage psychology here <laughs> absolutely exactly right that's what it really comes down to and it's something we, t we tend to forget um and that's why marketing fundamentals it is so important a big piece of the puzzle because you can talk about lookalike audiences and all of these technical words and things that you can do on facebook and instagram but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You can't polish a turd is what I liked, the, kind of the metaphor. Like you can't, you don't have a good <laughs> offer or something to put out there. You're not going to get people who are interested. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so how do you get residential consistent? Well, there's really six things that you want to focus on as far as getting it, getting people to consistently sign up. And I will say, just for the record, I did learn, I, I learned this from looking at the most successful people in different niches what they were doing but i did have some reservations about this because in my mind i'm thinking to myself okay if i'm gonna walk around a little bit because i i'm gonna just do a little walk here but if you are like wait what was i talking about what was i just saying oh the your six power offer. the six yes your power offer okay so these are really you you have to have an offer in order to get people who are just scrolling to actually buy meaning that what we found is that if you do not have an incentive for somebody to want to take action now here today then all you're doing is getting people interested and you're just running their money like on facebook or instagram you have to have an incentive whether that is urgency and scarcity whether that is actually giving them a percentage off, whether that's introductory pricing. And there's a wide range of things that we've tried. In fact, it's been one of the hardest things for me to kind of dial in what that offer looks like across the board um, as far as what really, really works. And I'll give away I'll give away one offer that we've worked, uh, but I won't give away the one that we use right now just because <laughs> for business purposes. Um, <laughs> but with that said, I'll, I will give, I'll give an outline of what it looks like. And then depending on the business model, they can come up with what they want. The main thing is that you want to have urgency. You want to have scarcity. You want to have, make it people centric. You want to have a clear call to action and you also want social proof. Uh, so with all of that said, let's just break it down really simply. So power offer, uh, how are we on time by the way? We, we're, we have no hard stop here. Okay. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. Um, so power offer, this can be something where it's almost like a no brainer. Like why would I ever want to say no to that? Um, let's just focus on window cleaning, for example. 
you want to have a value stack in that value stack means you're breaking down and compartmentalizing each and every specific piece of that service. If you remove the screens without a charge, you want to include that in your value stack. You can say something like uh, no charge screen removal. If you are taking the screens out and washing them by, by hand, you want to put that in the value stack, hand wash screens and, and we'll put back the screens or phrase it very simply, something like that. Right underneath that, you want to have like maybe a check mark or a bullet point or something where it's laying that out, everything they're getting included. Um, we used to use the phrase no charge debris scrub because some people will charge extra for a first cleaning because it's sometimes the windows are super dirty, but some people don't charge for it. So you can include that in the value. Uh, if you offer a money back guarantee or a satisfaction guarantee, include that in the in the, in the value stack. Um, you can say wiping of sills, wiping of edges, um, cleaning of tracks, things like that. And at the end of it, you're going to have a, you want to have like at least five bullet points of everything they're including so that the person looks at this and says, wow, they're giving this to me and they're doing all of this work and I'm getting a percentage off. That is awesome. Or and I'm getting a, a, a this I'm getting it for all this price. How amazing. Obviously, you do want to have some some fine, right, you know, some fine print because you don't want to just be giving away business. And again, this comes to comes uh, back to where you're at. But let's say that you are what the industry calls a bucket bob. Do you know what a bucket bob is, Jake? I am not too familiar with the window cleaning industry, so I do okay. not. Okay. Well, okay, no problem. So most house, so most pressure washers, uh, typically they offer window cleaning as like a peripheral service. It's not their focus, but let's say uh, a bucket bob, even in, in, in both industries, is typically somebody who they just kind of started or they're somebody mm -hmm. who kind of undercuts prices and in order to get business. Now, this is not a bad thing. Keep in mind, this no. is just somebody who... This is the persona of somebody who st is starting off and they're in shortage market, meaning that they have they can put their prices low because their their schedule is not filled. They haven't built up that reputation. So let's this, say you're yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but I think this is hilarious because Bucket Bob uh, has an analog in the home inspection space. It's called Chuck in a truck. So I, I thought that was hilarious that you brought up Bucket Bob there. Oh, really? It's called, let me write that down. <laughs> Chuck Chuck and a truck? Oh my gosh. Chuck, Chuck in a truck or man in a van. Okay, so but, these are, yeah, what are those? Those are people that are kind of like just starting out or there's... Yeah, same thing, just starting out, but um, we, we don't mean to malign those at all. We just think no. those are hilarious terms. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. yeah so important. But I, I love what you just said there about, you said scarcity mindset, right? Instead of abundance mindset. Is that what you were saying? Where you going with that? No. Uh, as far as scarcity goes, that's like saying there's a certain, like a limited amount of, of okay. something. But, of jobs in your market. That kind oh, of thing. I see what you're saying. Sh this shortage. So there's, so just to oh, clarify. That, okay. mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's three different levels of every single marketplace. You can either be in shortage, equilibrium or surplus. If you're in shortage, that means that you don't really have much of a customer base and you need the business in order to grow, meaning that you can pretty much charge less because you have the time to go out to the job, perform the bid faster than anybody else. And you don't have people you need to pay for food on, you know, you don't need to put too much food on the table of other people. So you can basically just charge, like be one of the lowest charges in the market and get people that way, which is great if you're just starting out, right? But as you grow, let's say you're in equilibrium. This means we, I call these a squeegee mavericks, 
right? This means that you've really gotten a taste for what the industry is like and you, you know exactly what you need to do. Maybe you have one or two crew members. You're really starting to get momentum and you're starting to build a real business. You have people on your schedule that are reoccurring, but you can always fit in more and maybe you're booked out two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. Then you have squeegee bosses and squeegee bosses are the ones that uh, we're most familiar with working with because for the past year we really focused on how do we deliver for like the highest performing uh you know people in the industry and recently we've been making it more accessible to others but uh, squeegee boss is somebody who they have the business that they need but they've reached a ceiling in their business and they want to take it to the next level without spending money on the same things they've got they did that got them to that point mm -hmm. and so if you're talking about your power offer, let's say you're a, you're a, a bucket bob, somebody who can just, or a, a chuck in a truck or a man in a van, <laughs> and you're, and you need business. Well, you could do something like a $99 offer and you can run that and get a ton of people interested because it's just opening it, it wide to a very wide market. It's very accessible to a lot of people. You're casting a wide net, right? And inside of that wide net, you're going to get people who are your dream clients, but you're also going to get people who are not so much your dream clients. The idea here is to get you in front of as many people as possible in order for you to find those gems and and take it from there. Mm -hmm. Part of this process is qualifi qualifying these customers. But if you have a $99 offer, you can say, OK, this is for, let's say, 20 panes of glass. I think for at least a year, not this past year, but the year before that, that's like the whole entire offer we ran. Like we just worked with people who were just starting out and we ran a $99 offer and we built our entire business model based off of volume and not so much quality. So yeah. we were just getting a whole bunch of people, which it worked really well, but we wanted to be able to service people who wanted a specific type of customer and we had to figure out how to crack that code. People say, okay, well, um, you know, we want to go after a specific house, a specific demographic, whatever the case may be. Well, it's interesting because there's a fine line there. You don't want to be going just after margins if you're trying to grow. If you're just going after margins, then you are basically disqualifying most of the people that come to you and are only going to houses that are, say, $500 or more that are quick for you to, to get done. Uh, sometimes, depending on the market, that can fluctuate, but uh, if you're going after volume and quality, then you want to be in equilibrium with the market, which means that your pricing needs to be competitive. And so we will actually on my team, just because we figured this out, we have to make sure whoever we partner with is in equilibrium. They're not in surplus or not in shortage. Surplus means you have literally no business room left. So you, you just refer people like customers to other competitors or you refer it to, a, you know, a, a business partner, another technician that can do it for less. Um, most businesses are, are in equilibrium that are growing, meaning that they have a competitive edge and will actually call their competitors to see is the person we're about to work with, is their pricing model actually fit that market? Because if you're charging way too much, we had this happen before, and you don't have any people on your books, well, then you, you are uh, going after margins and you're not going to be able to grow. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a kind of a funny thing. We always ask about pricing. We have to know that, you know, and it's important to know where you're at. Are you a Bob, a Maverick or a boss? And then you craft your offer from that. Right. And so typically in equilibrium markets, you want to do like a percentage off. You can do anywhere between 10 to 30% off and just test it. See what works uh, in, in your market, whatever you feel comfortable with. 
but don't expect that you're gonna get anybody to actually sign up if you don't have an offer that has a value stack and everything included. Yeah, and I remember you had said something about using limited vouchers, limited time offers, and, and the more mm -hmm. specific you get, the better. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was the part that I had limiting beliefs on. I thought, okay, well, if I run an, an ad that says there's 17 vouchers or 22 vouchers or 43 vouchers left and it, this week, right? And there's also, if you have to book, you have to actually book in order to claim one of these vouchers. Um, and these are on a first come and first serve basis. And you put that all in the ad itself. Well, you're, gonna get people who see the ad multiple times, right? And then they're gonna be like, well, this is not real. Like I've seen this ad 600 <laughs> times. Like there's no way there's yeah. still 22 vouchers left. That was my thought process. But the crazy thing is, is that we actually haven't run into that problem yet. And we've spent, wow. um, I'm trying to think exactly what numbers we spent at this point. I think almost, almost actually specific, like actually a quarter of a million in just ad spend alone this past year. We haven't run into it once. Wow, that's isn't that's that crazy? Very interesting, actually. But that just goes to show, like, you can have as many assumptions as you want in marketing, but unless you go A/B test it, if you're not testing this and iterating and growing and getting better every time, you're not going to know. And that's why that's why you're we're not all marketing experts. That's why sometimes we have to find a marketing expert. Um, so exactly. this is. This is great. I'm sorry to cut you off, but if, but we have to take a word, a minute to hear a word from our sponsor, Pair Payments. But we'll be right back. You certainly can't afford to give profit away for no reason. But what if I told you credit card processors may be overcharging you and robbing you of profits you've worked hard to earn? It's time to put an end to being overcharged for payment processing. It's time to take back your profits. That's why we've put together a free report, How to Avoid Being Overcharged by Your Payment Processor. Head over to TakeBackYourProfits.com, download the report, and put an end to being overcharged for credit card processing. You've worked hard for your sales, and you deserve to keep it. What are you waiting for? Go to TakeBackYourProfits.com and download your report today. All right, welcome back to Under Pressure. We are back with Victoria from Reciprocity 5, who is now, uh, she's given us some great information on the fundamentals of, of marketing and, uh, you know, what we should be be looking at when we're when we're marketing. So now we're going to get into a case study ad that um, that Victoria has created that really, as we had talked about prior in the show, is going to show us, hey, this is the concrete ideas here. We're not talking uh, in abstract thought here. This is what it looks like. So I'm excited to get into this case study ad. Yeah, for sure. So, uh this ad is going to pull in all the different elements that I mentioned here before. Clear call to action, social proof, and urgency, scarcity, power offer, all that stuff. So this client of ours, uh, this is a real person and his team out of Gilbert, Arizona. And they actually ended up booking 149 jobs during June and July of 2021, which if you're from Arizona, you know that that's monsoon season. So people are typically a little weird about the weather and they're like, hmm. Should I get my windows clean? Should I get my house washed? Things like that. So this was actually the craziest. It, I mean, in absolutely insane results um, that we found. The offer was for what we called a full window and screen cleaning package. So for some reason, take take this with a grain of salt. You can always test it out. But like people love the word package. We've tested it against not using the term package and they love it. So if you want to put together an offer, frame it as a package and then just watch people be like, ooh, I like packages. 
Um, <laughs> right? Scarcity. So limited vouchers, we typically always stick to one, what, one number just across the board for all of our clients. Uh, let's just say it's 22. So in your ad copy itself, at the headline, you say, uh, you know, 22 vouchers left. Um, claim one today. Uh, it's scheduled cleaning is required to claim. Um, you can say something like, it first come first serve basis and put that maybe towards the end of your of your ad copy right but through the whole thing an ad copy for those who don't know is just the the actual words this the words that are selling the the customer on what it is that you have to offer um so scarcity there so we had we had like 22 vouchers very limited Urgency, claim on a first request basis, vouchers are going fast. You can actually put that in the actual headline description or body copy. And then you also want a call to action that says call now to claim. So you can have them call the business. Your call to action can be learn more if you're taking them to a funnel. Um, I would not recommend ever, ever bringing them to your website where there's buttons that they can click because why would they, why would somebody that's on cool traffic ever go to your website and actually go click through it if they weren't there in the first place like there's no there's no personalization there they're not talking to anybody and you don't just want anybody booking with you you want people who are actually going to be ideal clients and that you can actually help because there's still qualifications on the exterior cleaning side like you don't want to just clean anybody's home if they have storm windows and you don't clean storm windows then what do you do you know you don't want them going through your funnel you don't want them signing up right so you yeah. have to make sure that there's that personal touch because that is where the sale happens. It's not sending them to a link where they can maybe go through that and then actually book. It's just, we've tried it before. We've tried it with Responsibid. We've tried it with um, sending them to a link where they can just like book on the client's website and each and every time it fails. And so I'm going to talk about how you can get it to where you can actually get them on the phone and get them to say, yes, I'm ready to pay you without having to send them through one of those things. Um, and then call now to claim is obviously the call to action. Mm -hmm. And we ran that for, I think like five or six months, that same offer, same wording, same copy, same everything. <laughs> so don't be afraid of people seeing it over and over again. Just put it out there. I promise you people are going to want it. So um, real quick question for you. If yeah. someone has never written copy before and they're yeah. just starting out and they're listening to this podcast and saying, wow, I need to, I see this case study ad. I need to do something like this. What's the best way for them to figure out the copy? Is that going to you know, competitors in their market or something like that and seeing what words work or does it just come down to testing? Like how do you, if you don't have the, the capability yet to hire someone to write that copy, yeah. where would you start? That's a really good question. That's actually funny you bring that up because I think that this is the next slide there. Uh, so campaign <laughs> fundamentals, if you don't know or haven't ran copy before, it's really simple. You want to follow the AIDA formula, grab their attention. That's what the first A stands for. Build their interest. I create the desire D persuade them to take action a, so grabbing their attention, calling out your actual location. Let's say you live in Omaha. Hey, Omaha homeowners. Uh, attention Omaha homeowners, attention residents of Omaha. All of those things work. Typically you wanna focus on the one area that everybody's familiar with. So if you're in like a small suburb that nobody's familiar with, you don't wanna use that. You wanna use what everybody's familiar with in that area. 
then you want to build their interest. So why should they care? One way that we've done this is by saying something like, uh, this is, let's just say, let's use a, a past client. This is Johnny Fuller with Fuller Window Cleaning, right? We're adding that personal touch. We're not selling. People don't buy businesses or services. They buy people. So this yeah. is Johnny with Fuller Window Cleaning. And we are doing something absolutely insane for our community this month. Or we are doing something amazing to give back to our community um, in the spirit of blah. You need just some reason. Just like get be like, oh my gosh, this guy's doing something? Like, what is he going to do? Like, I'm interested, right? Then you want to create the desire. Um, you can do this by instilling the urgency and scarcity. So... This can sound something like this week we are giving away 22 vouchers for an, a, an exterior house wash package uh, or soft wash. I, actually, I wouldn't recommend using the term soft wash in your ads specifically just for, for other. I'll get into those reasons maybe towards the end, but just use words that people are very familiar with house wash package and this thing. And then you want to write what this includes. So now that they know exactly what they're getting. Um, and you've said there's only 17 vouchers left. Here's what you'll be getting or 22, whatever the case may be. Here's the value stack. So you list them out. You put little check marks, little emojis, list it out. So they know exactly what they're getting. All of that desire of like, ooh, this sounds great. And then at the end of that, you can put something like, um, you must schedule a cleaning to claim this and hurry. The vouchers are going fast. Um, and this is a great way for those to actually get, you know, their house cleaned if they have mildew or organic growth or whatever, whatever sort of desire you want to build in there. You want to kind of feed, build off of that pain point of what you know about your customers. Um, this is really, I mean, the ad copy, it is important, but it's definitely not the biggest piece of the puzzle. The biggest piece of the puzzle is going to be your creatives or the pictures and photos and videos that you use to actually, that people will actually see. And um, the way to, there's a lot of different ways to measure that, but that's the formula you want to follow. Really simple. We, I mean, we've used it just like how I just explained it over and over again. We, we do change our ad copy. We have one different type of ad copy for each and every month out of the year so that if we have an underperforming campaign that's been running for too long, we could switch up the ad copy to something that's like St. Patrick's Day, right? Or like, and sometimes you can even run an offer that's based uh, on like a holiday that happened like three months ago. And if it's still performing well, we'll still run it because <laughs> it's still wow. getting a, a low cost per lead. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So, so that's, does that answer that question a little bit about for people that yes. don't know how to write copy? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then I, I was thinking like specific words. If someone doesn't know what those buzzwords are that work, yeah. would you say, hey, it's all about iteration and testing, but could someone kind of jump ahead by looking at what their competitors in their market do that's working and getting a lot of engagement? Definitely. One thing you can do is you can go to Facebook ads library. Anybody can access this and actually type in your services. So let me see if I can actually share my screen for that. Um, give me one second here. Uh, let's see. X Stop sharing and I'm going to share my screen here. We'll do entire screen and then we'll go here and let's do Facebook ads library. And cool thing about this is, I don't know if you knew this Jake, but you can actually see what ads your competitor is running 
for any Facebook page in the world. Wow. So you can spy on your competitors. And this wasn't always the case, but Facebook actually introduced this a couple years back because, or meta, I guess is what they're going by now, but it allows you to see full transparency. So let's say I'm in Facebook ads library. Can you see this? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to click all ads and let's just type in like soft washing. You're going to see a lot of ads, but keep in mind that doesn't mean that each of these ads is a good is performing well. So you want to be careful not to just copy something that you think it's going to work because it just looks nice. You want to typically lean towards the ads that are running the longest. So if you see there's an ad that's been running since last year, most likely that means that the ad's performing really well. And it's actually where we got some of our ideas for our own ad copy. And you can actually filter this out too for uh, how long it has been uh, active or, um, you know, the, just there's a lot of different filters too. So this one yeah, here, exactly, exactly. So this person, do you notice black streaks, algae, green patches growing on your side of roof? So they're kind of hitting those pain points, which would be for looking at this, grabbing their attention um, or building that desire. But again, like attention's more of like, if I was across the street and I was calling out somebody, like what could I say to them? So that's one thing that they're missing in this ad. Um, mm -hmm. Although they're still asking an engaging question, I would say this is more of like the interest. Like, do you notice something? And it's like, oh, like, what do I notice? Okay. Right. So um, what, what would the attention grabbing thing be like? Hey, homeowner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you wanna call it the actual area that you're in. Like that's what's actually going to speak to your audience. You don't wanna just say homeowner. Um, you want to make sure you call out like the location, the geographical location, or if let's say you're, you're, you're speaking to, cause our audience is exterior cleaners. So I'll actually, in all of our ad copy, we say attention, exterior cleaning business owners. Mm. Right? Right. That's how you want to call it out. And then this person, they have like a value stack here. So this is all of the yep. things that they offer, which is really, really good. Um, get your free quotes. So this would be sort of like. Uh, a desire part of it, sit back and relax. And what we found is that the, the shorter ad copy has been working a lot better recently. Uh, back then, maybe a year or two ago, longer ad copy would work really well. But for some reason, we're just seeing that it's a uh, shorter ad copy that's typically winning the race here. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so like maybe no, like this is actually pretty long to me, this one right here. Mm -hmm. uh, I would probably shorten this and keep it a little bit more succinct, but you can always use emojis too. Like this person, uh, they use like five emojis, which doesn't look good at all at the end. You can kind of scatter them over in the ad copy itself. Uh, Facebook surprisingly right now is being really lenient with its rules. So if you don't have, if you're not running ads because in the past you got kept getting rejected, right now they need the revenue. So they are making it a lot easier for you to get ads out there. Whereas before they would reject every single ad that had an uh, emoji in it for a while there. And it was like a Facebook bloodbath. So feel free to go go crazy on the emojis right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how you would look at your competitors and see. And on top of that, you can actually go to like, let's say like Pelican Softwash, this person. And on their actual Facebook page, if I scroll down, you'll see like a page transparency. Oh, this is interesting. For some reason, they don't have it. 
Interesting. So one thing I'm thinking as we're looking through this and we're looking through the ad library and then going to Pelican Softwash here, mm-hmm. how how powerful could this be as an exercise to go, hey, go look at the ad library and go follow that customer path. Like go go to that, find a good company, uh, find marketing you like that fits what Victoria is talking about here. And then how good of an idea do you think it is as training to say, all right, let's go through their customer journey to see how this company who's running these great ads will run a customer through the journey. Like, do you think yeah. that's a good idea? Got it. Like clicking on uh, their ad here and just seeing like what happens. Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely think it's worth doing and looking into. Uh, I, we actually did it. We do it when we're prospecting to see if somebody's really has something bad set up and it's, we're just like, dang, like they need help. We'll, we'll look at it. This person's sending them to, looks like it's a page on their website that has them fill in their information, uh, but it doesn't really give much information about the actual service or why they should book. It just kind of is like, here you go. Go ahead and book with us. And I would say that's actually probably... A bit detrimental for their business, but you know it's not the end of the world. They're probably going to get a small handful of people that actually go put their information in here, um, especially since they're asking for so much information. Like they're asking okay. for first name, last name, email, address, zip code. But this person was just like interested, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. and they're using the get quote button, and typically get quote does not work very well uh learn more is actually the highest performing call to action button and then the second best thing would be to get offer which in that case you're sending them to a lead form on facebook um but keep in mind that if you are sending them off of facebook i don't know how many people know this but facebook really really likes keeping keeping people on their platform so if you're sending them off the platform they're going to charge a lot more for each lead because of that Whereas if you were to do a lead form campaign objective where it says my objective for this campaign is to get is lead generation, it's going to have a lead form which just stays on Facebook. It actually push, pulls the cut with person's information from their page and then it puts it, uh, it sends it to you. So you're going to get a higher volume of people, but they're not going to be as quality because it's pulling old information from Facebook rather than having them type it in. So although this person had to, is taking them off Facebook and having them put them all the information, whoever actually does fill this out, is going to be a pretty, very interested prospect. They're just missing all the reasons why the person should desire or be interested in this, in this, in this service. So, so to, and to get there, you must have to empathize with the customer. You have to, or the consumer here, you're, you're really putting yourself in their shoes. And saying, all right, if I'm not from a, a home services point of view, but from a customer's point of view as a homeowner, what? How do they respond to this, right? Exactly. Like how? What? Are, how do we continue to keep them reading and scrolling and, and engaging uh, instead of just being like, here, get a get a quote, and yeah. maybe you can say yes or no. You know, like uh, building off of that. Like, why should they care? What is it? Gonna, what's in it for them? I like to to always think of it that way. Anytime you're writing ad copy or putting together a landing page, like what do they get out of this? Why should they continue to go down your funnel? And then try to make as least friction as possible. So don't ask for anything more than their first and last name and their email and their phone. Their full name, email, phone number, that's like the only thing you should be getting in the beginning. Once you get them on the phone, that's when you can get zip code, address, everything else. Um, because that's when the sale is already like that's when they're ready to move forward with the sale or that's when they're 
you find out, okay, do they really want the service? And now I can just get the zip code so I can figure out what we're looking at as far as like if they're somebody I can service or not. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's like covered a lot there. That was yeah. we went yeah. deep. <laughs> Yeah, we did. I love that. This is great. This is such a powerful tool. Check out Ad Library if you if you haven't yet. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. And don't forget to hit the bell so you won't miss our next episode. This episode was produced by Jake Aronson. This has been a Pair Payments production.